0: betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc
1: you're listening to the jacob media sports network in partnership with
0: am 1490 sports betting radio Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content.
2: All right, welcome back. To The Fix, AM 1490, Sports Betting Radio, live in the Prop Swap studios. And it's time. And uh, we have to get John up to speed here with my rant to start the show. But uh, John McMullen joins us every night at 7.30 on The Fix for your nightly football fix. Follow John at JF McMullen on Twitter, phillyvoice.com, si.com. It's where you can find all of John's written work and host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11. John has a good show lined up this Saturday. Colin Thompson, tight end for the Carolina Panthers, will join John to talk about the Super Bowl and much more. So let's get John started here. Jay Mack, how are we doing tonight, sir?
1: I'm doing well. I'm interested in this rant. I like a good rant.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. good news and bad news. Bad news, it's really nothing new. But um, John, we cannot avoid this story and this conversation if our lives depended on it. And of course, another report today from Ian Rappaport, and, and I don't really understand the report, um, to paraphrase it, the Eagles are taking calls and they're not looking to trade Carson Wentz, but they're not hanging up the phone either. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> like before I tell you what my rant was about, was about, and it was about that report really, but fill us in on, on what all that means. Well, it, it, it does
1: mean... Um the Eagles are open to trading Carson Wentz, which I think is a, a, a little bit of a shift, and I think it has to do with, you know, Carson not being malleable at this point and pretty much wanting out of the organization. And I think, you know, if you go through sort of the stages of grief, uh, I think you can compare to what the Eagles are doing at this point, and I think we're getting uh, toward acceptance. Uh, and the realization that it isn't going to work. And we got to do the best we can uh, to move on from this and and head in a different direction. And I think that's what you kind of saw today, the Eagles floating these rumors that people are calling them. I don't know why people (laughs) would be calling them. I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, interest in this particular quarterback coming uh, in these circumstances. And I think the Eagles are trying to drum up some interest. And it, 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 probably the biggest part of it is it's probably an indication that, that Howie Roseman has been given the okay from Jeffrey Lurie to eat that money that we talked about so much, the $33.8 million, uh, which is significant. Um because that's a big matzo ball, as Jerry Seinfeld would say. said that on Rich's show. I'll say it on, on your show. That would spike the record from 22.2 million to 33.8. Um, but I, I think the Eagles kind of understand this is not salvageable at this point.
2: And I want to get your thoughts in a minute uh, about who could potentially be calling the Eagles, what it would take to trade him what they could potentially get in return. But I said this earlier, and this is nothing really new, but just to you know put an exclamation point on it, exclamation mark, um, the fact that Carson has been as silent as he's been, to me says a lot because if you if you view yourself, how he views himself, the starting franchise quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles or any team in the NFL, you don't, you don't say thank you for everything. It was a rocky road towards the end. We didn't always see eye to eye. Four years with Doug Peterson, nothing. New coach that you are assumed to be working with now moving forward, nothing. And I know it's not a huge deal, right? Like, who cares if he didn't tweet something? But to me, it, it, it is a big deal, and it says a lot. And I know you touched on this. I'm stealing it a little bit from you. But just to touch on that again uh, with more information we have tonight.
1: Well, yeah, I I think it's a big deal because of the prior uh, relationship that Carson has had with the organization. And, and, you know, when he was in good Steed and he was happy, um, uh, as I said, he was a welcome guy. He was a welcome guy on Twitter. Um, If you were a free agent, if you were a draft choice, if you were a coach, he was going to welcome you to Philadelphia, welcome you to the organization, welcome you to the Eagles. Uh, So it is uh, a little bit – Indicative of where he is and, and the assumption uh, that he wants to move on in uh, the fact that he has stayed radio silent uh, when the new coach was hired uh, because he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't think he's going to be working with Nick Sirianni, or he certainly doesn't work, want to work with Nick Sirianni. He wants to work with a, a new organization, a new team, and a different coaching staff, and I, I think you'll get back to welcome Carson on Twitter just in a different city. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not certainly scientific, but it, it's, and that's why I brought it up. I, I mean, you can go look at his history. He welcomed everybody here. And he welcomed everybody here as the face of the franchise. He no longer wants to be that, so he's no longer welcoming people.
2: So who could be uh, potentially on the other side of these calls that the Eagles aren't hanging up on. Uh, What are some teams?
1: (laughs) Well, I I mean, everybody focuses on Indianapolis first, and I, you know, understandably so. I mean, they need a quarterback, number one. Frank Reich is there, number two. Press Taylor's there. People don't realize that. That's number three. Uh, Mike Rowe is there as well, although he and Carson didn't have uh, as great a relationship. Um, he's there as well, so that's sort of Philadelphia West, uh, if you want to look at Philadelphia being Indianapolis East. Um, so I, obviously he's very familiar uh, with the number of people on that coaching staff. Um, that team thinks it's a, a Super Bowl contender if they can get a capable quarterback, and they have plenty of money to, um, to pay Carson his salary. Uh, plenty of cap space from that perspective. Um, So I think that's the natural spot everyone looks at. But again, you know, just because Frank Reich had some success with Carson in 2017 before all the injuries, that doesn't mean he can't watch tape from last season and see the regression and see all the issues. And, And you have to see, you know, one of the things I think that was notable about that report from Ian and Mike Garofolo was that they kind of claimed that there's no more veteran quarterbacks available. I don't, I don't think that's true. Um, now they might not be available yet, but you've heard the rumors of whether it's Derek Carr. Uh, you, you don't even have to get into the Deshaun Watsons of the world or Aaron Rodgers. Certainly, Houston would not give Deshaun Watson in any circumstance in Indianapolis in their own division. But, you know, even guys like Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and um, players like that, and, and, and the, the, they might be looked at as better options than Carson Wentz right now. So that's when I say. Uh, to me, this smacks of the Eagles trying to drum up interest for Carson Wentz rather than others racing to the phone and saying, we need this guy. That's, that's how I take this.
2: I saw earlier today as well that, you know, while we're talking about Indy as a potential team that could be on the other side of the phones calling the Philadelphia Eagles – Andrew Luck uh, coming out of retirement and, and there is no like credible source attached to this story, I guess we can call it, but I think it was thrown around on the Pat McAfee show earlier today. Um, d- do you think there's any possibility of Andrew Luck coming back and playing?
1: Well, I, I mean, he's certainly young enough to do it. He's certainly talented enough to do that. Right? If he wanted to do it, uh that would slam the door shut on Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Um, no question about that. I, I, I mean, you never say never in this league. He, he, The reason he retired is because of all his injuries, uh, and he was tired of the constant rehab, uh, as, he, as he called it at the time, uh, and was just tired of those processes. So as he's gotten further away from those injuries, um, and he's healthy, I've always thought he's a guy that might revisit um, wanting to come back and play in the NFL, and, and we'll see. The, the thing about Andrew Luck is, though, he's a little bit different than most uh, NFL players. He's got a lot of outside interest. Uh, you know, we talk about Stanford guys. He, he really is a, a, a very smart person. Uh, and and he has eclectic interests that go outside of football so I I don't know if he's coming back but if he does come back I mean he's going to be the Indianapolis Colts quarterback there's no question about that
2: Uh, what other potential buyers for Carson Wentz could you see uh, realistically and um, you can also parlay that answer with uh, what the Eagles could be getting in return and what they would have to give up besides Carson
1: Well, I I, I mean, there are a number of teams that need quarterbacks. You know, uh, San Francisco does not want to move forward with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, So, But, again, there's always other avenues. Kyle Shanahan would prefer to get Kirk Cousins out of Minnesota. Can he do that? If he does that, I think you have a domino and you have Jimmy Garoppolo going back to New England, which would be another team that needs a quarterback. And people will say – Potentially Carson Wentz. I I think most of these teams all have preferred plans that do not include Carson Wentz, and that's the problem. Denver's another team, but they're not very good. They have a top ten pick. Uh, If you look at – we always talk about um, contracts, cost-effective rookie quarterbacks they could probably sit at and, and, uh, number nine and get a Trey Lance and have five years uh, of a cost-effective uh, rookie deal if they want to go that direction uh, as opposed to paying someone $25 million. Um, uh, so, you know, John Gruden, you know, which I think would be interesting if he wants to move on from Derek Hart, and I believe he does because John Gruden is the epitome of the coach that always thinks uh, the next thing is better than what he has, and he's usually wrong. Um, you know, Oakland, uh, and I 25 cents in the swear, swear jar, Las Vegas Raiders uh, are always in the equation because of John Groot and because of his uh, the way he does business. But I, I, I don't – there are so many options, and that's the problem the Eagles have. And when you talk about what they're going to get back, this is the biggest problem to a Carson Wentz trade. From all accounts, from all indications I get, the Eagles want value in return. Now, typically, you know, they're not getting the first-round pick, but they probably want a second-round pick or something of that. They're not getting it. I, I, I mean, you never say never. Uh, because there are dumb teams, there are organizations. Uh, But it's going to be really hard to generate anything for this particular player at this time with so many options. And I think you look at the Jared Goff trade for one reason. Now, not because of what the Rams gave up, because they were getting a significant asset in return. The Eagles wouldn't be looking for that. So that's not the reason. The reason why is the contract. They're basically identical. Uh, Goff and Carson Wentz. Now, Eagles fans can harp on what Carson did in 2017 and even 2018 and even 2019 and say he's better than Jared Goff, and I would have agreed with them. In 2020, I got news for you. He wasn't better than Jared Goff. Not even close. He was arguably the worst quarterback, the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. And that's, you know, again, other teams watch film. They're not looking at 2017 Carson Wentz and saying, I'm paying for 2017 Carson Wentz. They're paying for 2020 Carson Wentz. So why I bring up Jared Goff is because of his contract, NBA-style trade, Major League Baseball-style trade, getting rid of a toxic asset until the Eagles get to that point. When the Eagles get to that point and understand this is a toxic asset, then they can move them pretty easily. They have to get to that
0: point.
2: What's it going to take for them to get to that point? Because I I don't know, like, how much more evidence they need. And, and, like, what's it going to take? Just, you know, a TO doing sit-ups in the driveway type of situation? I don't understand how much worse...
1: it has to do with the other teams and it has to, it has nothing to do with Carson. Carson okay. Is not toxic because of the way he acts. To, Carson is toxic because of the way he played in his contract. Um, so, uh, you know, people may misinterpret that word. That's, you know, just the term people use when they talk about uh, players that don't have a lot of value. And that's where Carson is right now. Um, the Eagles are going through that process. That's what they started today by floating the story. Essentially, you know, can we find that team that maybe makes a bad decision? And they have to March 19th. That's the drop dead date um, where they have to pay a, a $10 million uh, roster bonus. Um, they'll want to get it done by that point. Ultimately, I think if they trade them, it'll be it'll happen well before that. But uh, nonetheless, there's, I, I've said it a couple times now, there's two options that are going to happen here. They're either going to trade him, they're going to come to that realization and say, look, we're just not going to get a lot for this guy. We're going to take the medicine and we're just going to move on and get to the Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and whoever maybe um, another quarterback might be and start that era. Or they're going to say, you know what? Uh, $33.8 million, a little bit too much. We're going to keep this guy for another year, and we're going to cut him next year. Um, I think that would be a bad decision because you, you potentially stunt the development of Jalen Hurts. Um, a lot of potential issues in the locker room and all that kind of thing. But where we are this nonsense of reboot, rebuild, um, whatever you want to use, it's over. It's just a matter. It's just a matter if it's over by this March or next March. That's it. That's the only question left.
2: Does how the team approach the off season impact? Does Carson Wentz being here impact how the team approaches the off season?
1: Uh, well, no. I mean, they'll have, they'll have a, a baked in plan realizing they're going to you know they're going to have a lot of sunk costs they're going to have a lot of money to pay Carson Wentz to either uh, play for somebody else or probably sit on the bench here that's kind of uh, the Sophie's choice you have Um, so Howie's got to kind of build that into his plan as as far as uh, roster building goes and You know, maybe that's why Jeffrey Lurie used the term transition seven different times when he fired Doug Peterson. He kind of knows it's going to take a a little bit of time to get out of this mess. Um, And that's what happens when you make bad roster decisions. And uh, they made a bad decision. But I, I don't criticize them for it because I don't think anybody thought they made a bad decision at the time. Sometimes it works out like this. And for whatever reason... Uh, The player went off the rails. You can blame whoever you want. Um, People love blame. Uh, But, you know, the best indication, the best way to move forward from a mistake, we all know, is to admit it. And, you know, instead of keep uh, playing into it, just rip off the Band-Aid and move forward.
2: Talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow J. Mac on Twitter at com and si.com. Some new articles are available, Uh, so make sure you go check out all of John's written work. John, the anniversary is today, three years ago today, as we're talking. Amazing, isn't it? It's nuts, man.
1: I'm writing about this right now, Ryan. Three years, three years today. A Doug Peterson last 35 months after winning a Super Bowl. Uh, And, you know, I've said this numerous times on shows we've done. uh, Just give me one, these fans have said. Just give me one before I die. And they got one, and all of a sudden he's not good enough three years later. And, you know, I criticize fans for that, and I think rightfully so. I think it's absurd he's not the head coach of this team. I've been very honest about that. But obviously Jeffrey Lurie's a bigger issue. I mean, he can't be a fan. Um, so, you know, you are where you are, you know, you think about Corey Clement, not that it matters, but he's obviously going to be gone. Um, so if you think about the Philly special, Corey Clement, Trey Burton, Nick Foles, they're all gone. Um, Carson is likely going this year. Zach Ertz is likely going, who knows with guys like Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson and Brandon Graham, but you know, we're going to get to this year and there's probably going to be under 10 people um and you know if that's the new normal it's not a good normal i'll tell you
2: that it's just amazing like i was you know seeing all the videos uh from after the game doug peterson talking to the team and just that was the peak of this franchise's entire existence and literally just three short years later we're we're in the middle of this storm it's just it's wild
1: yeah, and I, I blame Jeffrey Lurie for it because again, he has to be above uh, the emotion uh, of it. And look, it's a cyclical industry. I talk about it all the time. Players get old. Um, you got to move on, and they're difficult decisions, especially when you've had success with particular players. But you know, when I think about the Eagles' mentality, and I mentioned him earlier in this call. Press Taylor is maybe exemplifies um, what I think is wrong. Um, with this front office because, you know, press press was here originally with chip Kelly and it was the Eagles organization that tabbed him as a future star as a coach in this league. Uh, and they thought he was going to be a, a really um, innovative offensive mind, really smart guy. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, Doug kind of takes him under his wing as his protege. And all of a sudden, he's a dummy. I, I, I mean, I, I and I, again, I'm not talking fans here. I'm talking organization. And they're using him as a scapegoat. And they were the same people telling me how smart this guy was and how capable he was and how good he's going to be. And then Doug uh, takes an interest in him, and all of a sudden it, it changes on, on a – it turns on a dime. I, I – I, I, man. I – If you knew some of the stuff going on behind the scenes with this team, it is ugly. It is ugly. And I can't say this enough when I talk about it. And I have nothing against Nick Sirianni. I hope he's successful. I hope anybody's successful. But to give that guy carte blanche to hire his own coaching staff and a guy who's standing up, and you're watching all those videos today as an Eagles fan, and who brought you what nobody else was able to bring this organization and you throw them in the trash thirty five months later. That is appalling. I don't know what any other way to describe it.
2: No, it's couldn't agree with you anymore. It is appalling. It is I mean you can't you can't write this stuff. You you can't make this stuff up. And last thing here, and we've had a million variations of of this conversation, but looking back on it, Carson Wentz on the sideline, Nick Foles leading the team to a win against Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and the Patriots for the franchise's first Super Bowl. With the benefit of hindsight, of course, it probably would have been better to get rid of Nick Foles right away. Because that that's a that's a factor in all of this, John. In my mind, because that that dynamic the following season is awkward, and you still had a big portion of the fan base saying maybe Nick Foles should be the starter. As idiotic as that is, that was a, a factor in in the problem. That's how I look at it.
1: Well, I I do think it was a factor in in, in Carson Wentz's inability to get over it. Uh, But I kind of blame that. You know, Nick is – I I had no problem with the Eagles bringing him back for two reasons. One, remember, Carson wasn't healthy at the beginning uh, of 2018. He was coming off uh, not only a torn ACL, torn LCL. Nick started, I think, the first two games that year. And, by the way, played extremely poorly. Um, So – Carson wasn't even ready to go uh, week one. And then when he was healthy, he he was uh, given the reins back, as he should have been. Uh, But also because of the way Nick is. I mean, he's not going to make waves. It's not, you know, we talk about quarterback controversies. Uh, That one was truly manifested only by the fans. The organization never wavered. It was never, oh, is Nick possibly better than Carson? No. They never even played into that for 10 seconds. So while I do believe it it, it was a Carson Wentz psyche thing, uh, I, I don't think um, it was an organizational mishap because they needed back a backup quarterback. He wasn't healthy. And Nick's a guy who's not going to make waves. He just isn't.
2: Three years to the day, Eagles, Doug Peterson, and Nick Foles – world champions Super Bowl winners over the Patriots uh, and what we're talking about now and the state of this organization um, is certainly appalling as John McMullen put it John uh, we'll wrap up the week tomorrow right here on the fix at 730. follow John like I said at JF McMullen all right John we'll uh, do it again tomorrow
1: Thanks, Ryan. little mini rant for you. Probably
2: not as good as yours, but ah, a stu- no. mini rant. <laughs> we'll take the mini rants. All right, there he is, J-Mac. It's amazing, man. It's absolutely amazing and appalling, whatever word you want to use. And, John, you know, I bring up the Nick Foles, Carson Wentz dynamic, and John says, you know, a couple things. Carson Wentz was hurt. He didn't start to open the season because of the injury and Nick Foles and how good of a guy he is and how great of a teammate he is. And I'm not disputing any of that, but it's just the circumstance and what just those two guys being in the room together, being on the same team after what took place was a recipe for, for failure, a recipe for disaster. And I will admit it is easier to say that now, but I was saying it, you can check the tape. I was saying it back then too. And a lot of people were, I felt Carson Wentz should be the starter. Carson's the better quarterback, at least at the time. Um, but that was a big piece of this puzzle in Carson Wentz's psyche, his confidence, the perception of him as a player, a teammate, a person, a leader. Uh, and here we are. Crazy. All right, one hour down, just like that. When we come back, Ben Fox, VP of Digital Content for the VEASAN He'll join us next to talk Super Bowl best bets and much more. Keep it locked in right here. A good conversation on deck.